0: Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. My very special guest today, welcome to Cloud and Clear, Gary Dennoff.
1: Hey, Tony. Thanks. Great to be here.
0: Uh, It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, I think this is a very, very interesting time in the ecosystem with regards to Google's emphasis and I would say renewed focus on public sector. So um, I'm really, really happy to be talking to you today.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's good to be here with you and it's exciting to be part of Google's renewed focus on public sector, that's for sure.
0: So before we dive too much into into that, I'd love to hear uh, both of myself and, of of course, for the audience, just a little bit about your background, uh, Gary, the person, you know, how you kind of evolved and came to take on this role um, at Google.
1: Sure. So Gary, the person, is a guy who enjoys things as varied as a Tai Chi practice uh, for centering myself and keeping relaxed in the midst of a really crazy technology space that we're in. Um, to running the G Suite growth team here at Google, and lots of things in between. One of the things that prepared me to kind of claim capturing this role at Google, which is, which is what I did in order to get it, um, was my experience at Microsoft, where I was for six and a half years as a director, uh, kind of running a specific account franchise. And then also at DLT Solutions, who was recently acquired by Tech Data, where I helped grow their AWS practice in the civilian and higher education space um, quite significantly in a two and a quarter year period. So I think all those things, and I can go back further, but it, you know, no need to do that. But all those things kind of led me to the entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial spirit that is now happening inside of Google Cloud public sector, headed by Mike Daniels, where we are. You know, a very aggressive, fast-moving startup inside of a very large and successful, you know, global company.
0: Yeah, no, uh, Google Cloud in general, under you know Rob Enslin and, and Thomas Kurian, has been sort of like a rocket ship since they've arrived. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of growth uh, for many years. We've been in the ecosystem since you know two thousand seven, two thousand six, uh, but we've never seen quite anything like this. Um, we appreciate working with people. Uh, and we partner very closely, of course, in, on the ground because we share so many accounts with you and your role. But you know, people that have um, spend significant time in, in adjacent ecosystems like Microsoft, but also people like you that have come from the partner space. How do you think coming from a partner like DLT uh, impacts um, impacts your role here at Google?
1: You know, I don't know that I could be in this role if I hadn't come from a partner space. And I say that, Tony, because so much of what we do in our go-to-market strategy is partner-centric. In fact, it's almost exclusive in the public sector space for that SaaS service under GCP, which is G Suite, as well as some of the other core services under GCP, you know, BigQuery, Cloud Pub, Subhub, Machine Learning, Data Analytics, and a variety of other services, serverless, et cetera, et cetera. So without understanding the way to prosecute the business in support of the customer, having been on the partner side, as well as having worked in a partner-rich ecosystem for my years at Microsoft, uh, it would be a real struggle to be effective in the role that I'm in now, where, where virtually everything we do is with partners. So I'm grateful for that path and that experience. And you know, we can't do this by ourselves. We need partners like SADA. Um, we don't have the touch. We're never going to have as much touch in spite of the fact that TK Thomas Kurian is hugely committed to putting a lot of feet on the street and we're growing really fast, which has its own excitement and issues as well.
0: That's right. No, we, you know, we work with a lot of people at Google that are great partners, but have never great partners to us, but it haven't come from being in SADA shoes and, you know, and there's a few individuals like you who have. So I'm grateful for that, you know, Every time we engage, you really know what it's like to be on our side of, uh, of an engagement.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. Been there, been there with you. Been there shoulder to shoulder with you.
0: <laughs> Look, when uh, TK and Rob talk about their strategy, what I like about them, um, particularly in their, in their vision, is how crisp they are. There's six verticals they really care about. Uh, one of the six is, in fact, public sector. Why is public sector so important to Google Cloud?
1: You know, there's, there's the obvious reasons, and I think there's the less obvious reasons. Certainly the magnitude from a dollar perspective of the addressable opportunity in public sector is, it's probably close to $100 billion by now. Um, I'm not quite sure what the exact, I haven't last checked, you know, the mm-hmm. IT numbers. But when you add into that state IT budgets and higher education, those three sub verticals make up global public sector under Mike Daniels, under, under Rob Enslin. It's a very, very big number. It's a number that most global companies address in a similar fashion as we're now beginning to do. So it, it's important for that reason, just for the, for the economics of it. The other reason it's really important is because it used to be that the government followed what industry did. Yeah. And now, as some people at different points in their careers move into government with a wealth of industry knowledge, there's more innovation than a lot of people are aware of or think is possible that's happening in the public sector space. You know, when I think about um, Lauren Knosenberger, up uh, you know, and what she's doing in research in the Air Force. When I think about some of the things happening at GSA. When I think about some of the things happening at DARPA. There's a lot of very innovative things happening that of course are feeding the commercial side of the world in the United States. So it's important for that reason as well.
0: Um, I'm, I'm surprised every day about how progressive some of our state and local customers are even, for instance. And I wanna attribute it to a couple of trends that I've seen to your point is we have places like state of Arizona where the people running the show are actually private sector people. And they come into running a state and they have those sort of ideals and uh, they, they want to move at that speed with that kind of innovation curve. But I also attribute it to the democratization of technology in general. Cloud enables any organization as, um, as regardless of how much technical debt they may have or legacy they think they may have. Uh, it actually enables them to move really, really quickly in innovative ways at the, with the with the best and the most progressive commercial customers now and, and uh, versus public sector. I, I think Google has played a significant role in enabling that, in fact.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's there's a state of Arizona, as you mentioned. There's also, for example, in the state of California, there's one county who's using a combination of G Suite and AI to do something that's so important kind of at the human level and that is to make the best matches between kids in foster care and parents who want to adopt those kids wow. and to make a, a finer level of granular matching based on different attributes so that the match sticks and it's a great home environment for the foster kid. And so you're right, Tony, Google is playing a big role in that because of who we are as a company, who, what our culture is. And so we bring that forth into each of the businesses, you know, not just search not just YouTube but also into into Google Cloud.
0: And I think because Google Cloud G Suite has been so prevalent in K through 12 and higher education for the last decade plus, I think because those markets are so adjacent, so so uh, um, so close to one another, I think there's just been this halo effect coming from higher education and coming from the K through 12 systems into state and local government that that probably has a has an influence as well.
1: Yeah, it, it does. Most of Many of the customers who I talk to in states and in federal entities, they themselves, depending on the generational label you want to put on them, kind of grew up with G Suite and Gmail and slide stocks and sheets in a sharing perspective off of this underlying thing called Google Drive. And so they they kind of have that expectation when they move into the workplace. It, they're, they're not only cloud workers, they're cloud mobile workers, they're work anywhere workers, but they want an easy way to work, an unencumbered yeah. way to work. Yeah. And so that has had a positive effect actually back into the governments, you know, at the state and the federal level.
0: What's interesting is that sometimes sometimes we're selling actually to a large commercial customer you know, traditional industry, they've been around for decades, or they could be over 100 years old. And one of the objections we get in our uh, sort of work transformation conversations with them is, oh, our users are not progressive, our users are, you know, this or that. I'm like, let me tell you what some public sector customers are doing, <laughs> right? And large scale, complex, they've been on a archaic system for 10, 15 years, they have a, a, a wide distribution of age ranges in their employee base, if they can do it, uh, that, that sets a lot of confidence in commercial customers who think that they're, uh, you know, dealing with technical debt and culture issues. Uh, it gives them a lot of confidence to want to join that journey as well.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that you're making that connection for them. I think that's, that's a service to them. Um, so I appreciate you doing that.
0: So yeah, no, for sure. So can you describe your role Um, more specifically, and then I want to kind of dive into that a little bit about how important that partnership is with us and and why the role and function exists to begin with.
1: You know, when people make a decision to move to G Suite, they they usually do it from some legacy system or they do it additive uh, to to a legacy system that they have. And that is a, a brave journey. That is a journey of discovery that is an exciting and adventurous journey. And it's also a journey which requires assurances and confidence that they're going to have a partner with them through that whole journey, not just at the beginning when the door opens and the light's shining bright and there's no clouds in the sky, but when the water gets a little bumpy and you know things aren't always going right. They, they need They need a partner in Google, and they need a partner in a partner like SADA, who will be with them through that journey. So my part of it on the Google side is to lead the team who ensures that their satisfaction, their customer satisfaction remains high, that the utilization remains high, and that they're able to grow into more complete deployment of everything that we build into G Suite, which has many new features every year, every quarter, that people get the benefit of. So that's why the team exists. It's about customer satisfaction. It's about full use of what people are paying for. You know, it's a SaaS service. They can they can stop without a whole lot of effort. So right. customer satisfaction is an imperative.
0: I echo that in in our engagement model. Obviously, uh, consumption economics, cloud economics. I think is is creating new uh, new engagement models with customers that we haven't had before. And I think that. Um, Uh, the industry hasn't had before of course and i think that it's driving all the right behavior it's driving all the right conversations because we don't take it for granted that if a customer is using our technology that they have to be on it forever or they're locked in by any way shape or form so i think the outcome of that is just a much um uh different cadence with our customers a much more strategic conversation with our customers and we have a customer success function here as well and of course, uh, the, the the fundamental part of it is like, well, we want them to renew and stay on the platform, but that's not a commercial conversation. That is a value conversation. It's a adoption conversation, um, and and I think that opens up all new all, all sorts of capabilities um, in terms of what we can deliver to them over time.
1: It really does, and. You know, as a salesperson, as a career salesperson, as a career problem solver, as a career listener, how much more fun is it to always be in the value stream versus in the commodity stream? You know, it's a very alive place to be in terms of what you represent and the relationship that you build with the customer. So uh, I really prefer it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love that. Uh, many of our customers, as you know, they, they're so overwhelmed by the initial changeover that they're just focused on, okay, I need my contacts, I need my calendar, I need my mail, I need some, you know, uh, the identity strategy, I need the whatever, data migrated. And and rightfully so, that could be kind of what they consider a phase one, go live, full deployment. Uh, but the onus is really on us to create an engagement in which we get them to use uh you know, uh Google Meets like we are we are using now, or uh do more collaboration and drive, build workflows into that, displace other technologies that they're maybe double or triple paying for. And um, but it's also exciting because it creates entirely new jobs in the IT organization or at our customers, because we need a partner in-house who's gonna drive those initiatives with us. And uh I like that a lot of the, uh, kind of rudimentary blocking and tackling type of jobs that are like backup, antivirus, this and that, can actually transform into forward-looking strategic functions within our clients now. That's such a beautiful
1: piece of vision that you have, Tony, to help bring that to people. And I'll tell you why. I was involved in several conversations a few weeks ago at a major conference with state CIOs. And when I sat down and asked them in, you know, whether it was a cocktail conversation or hallway conversation or what have you, what some of their biggest concerns were in addition to what they had all responded to a survey about, which includes the usual suspects and the very real security moving to the cloud. Well, one of the things that kept coming up in a more personal moment was, Hey, I need help upskilling my employees. I need help removing the fear and the threat that some people have about how am I going to make this journey? You know, the organization is going to make it. How am I going to make it? Yeah. So there's value there in helping that piece of it. And it's a soft skill thing, but that actually is underpinning the move to the cloud Um, because, because people, you know, people can get bit by fear. And if they get bit by fear, they become paralyzed and then they become resistant and then they become close to seeing the benefits. So um, kudos to you if you guys are going to offer some solutions in that space.
0: So I know that you're super passionate about this concept of work skills transformation. right? And I'm a, I'm a huge believer in promoting from within, for from uh, career mobility You know, within our organization. And we're not even that big, but we have so many cases where people have gone from one job to another, from one organization within SADA to another. And for very large organizations, I think that's even a bigger thing to figure out. Uh, Google Cloud and G Suite can actually act as a platform for that. And so I think the conversation we like to have with our customers is uh, precisely around what it takes to, to do that. Sometimes it's just sort of believing that it's possible, right? Like we actually think there's people that have done one thing for 10 years can learn something new. So how do you engage with, uh, with, the, with, the, with the customers that you speak with around this very topic?
1: How do I engage with them? Yeah. Well, I like to find somebody who has a spark, who has an interest, somebody who isn't satisfied with the status quo. Um, referencing back that conference I went to with many state leaders a few weeks ago, I sat down with a gentleman who um, was a CIO of a state, and, and I could tell he had that spark, the things he said, the project he was working on, uh, showed me that in my mind, I like to use the word, he was a maverick. Okay. Mm. He wanted to buck a little bit and we all have to work within bureaucracies and systems from the inside in order to be effective. But I look for people who have a certain spark or a little bit of a maverick. And then I ask them a question and I say, when, when your people are driving home or taking the public transportation or a scooter, um, Do you think they're happy with their work? And do you think they're happy with where their career is going? And does that concern you at all? And, you know, some people are like, doesn't bother me. And some people are like, you know, I I do think about that some. And and yeah, that's that's kind of that's up there on that list of things that kind of bother me. So that's what I look for because that's an opening for a conversation to help address that for that person.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's a that's a beautiful thing. And and I think it just goes to show that. The work that we do might be found, found the foundation of it, maybe the technology that we deploy. But a lot of our projects are really much more about uh, culture, change, transformation. And I think that's almost a unique element of the Google Cloud journey. I think you, de- you can deploy many technologies and change nothing about the organization in which it's being deployed. But it's almost impossible to deliver G Suite or even GCP um, and not transform something, like fundamentally transform something about that uh, about that organization who's uh, choosing to go down this path almost deliberately, right?
1: Yeah, especially with G Suite, you know, that is a transformational effort. Uh, and like you said earlier, you can do a lift and shift, you know, you can make it so that people's contacts are imported, their documents are transferred over, audit logs are transferred over. But... I'm not a big fan of that because there's not a lot of value in a lift and shift, even in the cloud world. You still have to reformulate the programs, you have to reformulate the code in order to get efficiencies in moving to a different platform. Otherwise, quite frankly, why do it? Yeah. So um, with G Suite, the human factors, the human, the human factors of transformation are are where the money is at. Um, and uh, and there's a great service business there, as I think you guys know all too well. For sure. <laughs> and we're glad you're there. That's for sure. Because <laughs> it's, that's some serious work.
0: So look, the product roadmap's really important. Uh, Google Cloud, as far as GCP is concerned, gets a lot of the limelight because the addressable market and the competitive landscape. But uh, how do you feel about Google bringing on board uh, Javier Soltero as the vice president of G Suite? And having them report to Thomas Kurian, like what does that what does that statement mean to the market?
1: Well, I'd like to first answer your question by telling you what the statement means to me personally, um, not just because I'm an ex Microsoft guy, but because we went out and we got a big hitter, and that that person is reporting directly to TK, and you know that that just puts such a, a strong gust of wind in the sails of many people. Um, because we're serious about not just G Suite, and, and I think I'll answer your question to the point about what the market thinks about this. So certainly it is about G Suite, but it's really about what I call G Suite begets GCP. G Suite begets GCP because that's what happens. You know, you if you take customers to a transformational journey where clearly you're a trusted partner, you have to be if you're going to, if they're going to walk with you down that path, then You've earned the right at that point through G Suite to help them see other things that you could help transform in their business. And so it means a lot that we brought in, Javier.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. When I heard the news, A, I was completely surprised. B, it's someone that I actually know from the Microsoft days. And I was probably the most excited of anybody uh, in this office and maybe anywhere in in the partner ecosystem because our journey with now being sort of a uh, Google-only Google-focused partner is is relatively unique. But I was like, oh, man, I know this person. I've met this person. And uh, to me, it was like, we are extremely serious about the product engineering team, the roadmap, the evolution of the product, the revenue the product's going to drive, how it ties into the rest of the Google Cloud story, and um, I can't wait to see the outcome of, uh, of Javier's work over time.
1: Me both. You and me both. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for some of the announcements at Next uh, in January uh, on the G Suite web map. I've, I've gotten a little glimpse into some of them, and they are really
0: exciting. We have a date now. Do you want to tell everybody what it is?
1: Uh, I think it's January the 12th and 13th. Did I get that right? Is that week or is it the week after?
0: Uh, I think you're thinking of Accelerate. Next is uh, April 6th to 8th.
1: You're right. I am thinking of Accelerate. Excuse me, and thank you for the correction.
0: (laughs) But but Accelerate is the first time you probably get those announcements. And you know what Rob Enzlin told us at the Partner Advisory Council, right? That was a big surprise. No, I don't. Partners this year are formally invited to Accelerate.
1: Oh, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, there's a lot of internal chatter going on about that. And you know, that, I mean, that's, there's the proof in the pudding right there. I mean, you you're going to come into our house. Okay. You were coming into yeah. our house. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love what he said when he, when he announced it, actually uh, Lee was planning to announce it to like the global 16 partners, but uh, he went on first, you know, he had his session. He kind of leaked it and kind of took, you know, the surprise out of uh, uh portion of the, of the time with us that she had, but but it was like the best news ever completely blew me away. It's Google's never done this before. And he said like, Oh, the, the pushback he got, there's all these other iterations. Like how about we do a couple of days by ourselves and then bring the partner. He's like, absolutely not. We are one team. We're in this together. We're going to be at the sales kickoff together. Uh, there's no content that's too confidential for our key partners. I was like, wow, that's really a huge, huge move by Rob.
1: It's just so great to see. It it's, you know, to have leaders in there like Rob, um, like Mike, who who have a vision and and they're moving they're moving things out of the way. They're moving totally. things out of the way that have been blockers, and they're saying, "Guys, we're with you. Like, let's go get it. Let's go get it." And it's it's very invigorating.
0: Uh, I t- I completely agree. So, what do you foresee as like the uh, kind of the, maybe the field investment? I know there's some confidential things, but as far as what's not confidential. What do you foresee in terms of field investment by Mike um, in, in in sort of U.S. and uh, the North America markets?
1: So I see Mike, you know, as one of the six regional VPs and leads, following the mission that everybody's on, and that is more trusted relationships with enterprise customers. Mm-hmm. So we will be hiring a lot of people to to who who have the runway. To those relationships or they have the relationships right now. And they would be a good fit for Google culture and they would enjoy and love and be passionate about working at this great company. And we will be hiring a lot of those people so that um, we can get the human to human connection with customers, influencers, and financial buyers who need to appreciate, you know, what it is that Google can do for their business and how we can help them reach their goals in ways they just might not have thought about.
0: Yeah. I mean, Rob told us kind of the rough numbers when he first started, how many quota carrying sellers there were in general, not just public sector, but in general and how many there are now and how many there'll be next year. And it's, it's almost, uh, it's breakneck. It's very, very necessary. It's amazing. But of course, we're so aligned with Google that I feel very similar pressure to kind of keep up in relative terms, you know, to keep up with that level of investment. Uh, which I appreciate because I, you know, there's nothing like a good partner that tells us where the puck is going, so we can be there with them and meet them, um, and and meet them in the field and and win together. So I appreciate the level of transparency. And
1: I appreciate that
0: you feel some of the pressure too. Yeah, I totally do. <laughs> I totally do. Have you seen our website on the careers page? I think we have like 65 or 70 open requisitions. It's kind of crazy right now for a company our size. Um, yeah. So look this is uh this is for the broader ecosystem you know we, we put this out there for everyone, including other partners and people who maybe want to become Google partners. So one thing I always like to ask my guests is and for you specifically, uh, Gary, what do you see as the attributes of the ideal partner? Where do you want partners to add value the most um, not just for you and your role but for broader google cloud
1: so uh that's a great question and, and it's a timely question because. You know, I've been in the industry a while and I, I, I have been blessed with many great relationships of colleagues and friends and people go off and start businesses and do different things, either serially or in parallel. And it's just fantastic to be part of this community. And so a couple of people have approached me who, who are, you know, first in partners, junior partners, new in their businesses, and they want to know how can they become a partner with Google. And I, I draw back to your opening question in our discussion today, which is tell me about your experience when you were a partner, Gary. And I thought about how did I add value to Amazon when at the time they were they were our, our main partner? You know, I ran a business unit that was Amazon. And it, it's all about getting new footholds with small workloads, you know, getting that first in, going places yeah. where other partners are not. Um, some of the adjectives i think of are scrappy hungry um agile you know yeah. those are, those are the things and, and and you know that's an investment for a small business to make that costs time and money and um, that that's a maverick move you know that right there is a maverick move but that's what we're looking for as we want to grow horizontally and then get the depth
0: yeah no i think that's right and uh, it's something that I think about as we get larger and we get more regionalized, more leaders in place, uh, more offices. How do we maintain that scrappiness, that speed to execution? I think there's structurally some things that makes it easier for SADA being all Google, being private, not having investors to answer to, so on and so forth. But culturally, I just want to not never lose that uh, the fire in the belly Um that I think has been a competitive advantage and has added value to Google in in unique ways. It kind of keeps us top of mind within not only Google leadership, but more importantly now, down to the field level where the real action is. (laughs) Those decisions about which partner to work with are are just made on the ground in every geography and every account, uh, game time, audible. And so we got a lot of work to do ahead of us, especially with all the new Googlers who are coming on board who don't know who SADA is. You know, they have no idea that we've been doing this in 2006 and 2007. And, um, hopefully we we'll are do a good job of educating. And I know there's, uh, people like you and others, uh, that I hear that tout, uh, our work and kind of socialize that more broadly every chance they get. So I really appreciate, uh, your partnership along those lines as well.
1: Oh, well, sure. You know, we're all earning it every day. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's the world we live in for sure. I was at a customer briefing with a customer in New York City yesterday at our customer experience center. Great, great venue.
0: Milk studios? Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love that space. <laughs>
1: so cool. So, such a cool space in Chelsea Market and just a great vibe. And that used to be the Nabisco um, milk plant. They would have the milk there. And yeah. They, would, it was, they had a lot like giant refrigeration. Then it would, Carted across the street in a on a three-story building to building bridge, and then in the building next door, Chelsea Market. That's where they made Oreos.
0: Oh, that's amazing! So
1: used the milk, the cold milk, and then they made the Oreos. So there's all sorts of little um, tributes to that piece of life there. But this is a customer who's been a G Suite customer for seven years. Yeah, and what they're asking for. Um, you know, We talk about the Maverick and the journey of transformation. They're asking for kind of a reintroduction to G Suite. They want to be re, um, re-enlivened with what's happening in the product and, and with their partners. So that's, that's something else that we look for from partners is in the short run and the long run to keep the customer um, informed and excited.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's very, very important. Well, Gary, it's been a pleasure to have you on Cloud and Clear. I know you're starting your own podcast. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Sure. It's called What's Next Now, and it's for people growing a business or making a change in their career in the digital and human world. And we hear from experts and tell stories and get advice about what people can do right now, what's next now.
0: Well, we can't wait to, to see it come out. And uh, as someone who just started this, it's a lot of work, but uh, but it takes you know it takes a long time and perseverance, but I think the outcome so far with about 20 episodes aired so far has been really, really positive, so we'll keep doing it and I wish you the best with yours as well.
1: Thank you so much, Tony. It's been great hanging out with you and talking to you today, and thank you so much for just the longevity of your service to the Google the company and the Google Cloud Ecosphere. I'm really grateful for it. Thank you.
0: It's the, I have the best job in the world, Gary. I love what we do. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Cloud & Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and & Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.